Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, Tonight we're going to pick up where we left off last uh, Wednesday night. We started reading the book of James chapter 1, and I'm just going to start at verse 1, and I'm going to read down to verse 8. And the, 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 uh, the series we are teaching on is the apostolic mindset. And we are going to read through and teach James uh, thinking in terms of a mindset, the apostolic mindset. James chapter 1 and verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh, what's it say? Patience. I've heard people say you shouldn't pray for patience. I disagree. You're going to get patience whether you pray for it or not, so you might as well embrace it and ask the Lord that it would be a quick journey. Amen. If you're resisting it, anyway. Verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, whole uh, and complete, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, I really believe verse 5 is connected to verse 3 and 4. Many times I've read verse 4 disconnected from verse uh, 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 verse 5, disconnected from verse 3 and 4. 3 and 4 says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be uh, complete and whole, perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So if you're dealing with stuff and you can't figure out how this fits, what's the Bible say? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth or rebuketh not, and it shall be given him. If you'll ask for wisdom, God will give it. Say, if I ask for wisdom, God will give it to me. If you And I, I, I say, if there's anybody in the building that lacks wisdom, I'm going to raise both hands. Because when it comes to the way God works, His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And the only way that I can have the mind and the thought that God has for me, He's going to have to give it to me. Because I don't see it sometimes. I don't know if you remember that, that art that was out in the 90s, maybe the 80s. It was that 3D art. You had to kind of cross your eyes and hold your nose up to see what was ever in that picture. Y'all remember that? I never saw it. I just couldn't see it. And when it comes to the ways of God and trying to figure out how God is working, sometimes we're like me looking at that 3D picture, and no matter how you cross your eyes or lift your nose or look through your eyebrows, 
You just can't see it unless the Lord helps you to see it. And so if, if we understand for me to have the attitude and the mindset I need, the Lord is going to have to give it to me. But let him, speaking of asking for wisdom, verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. You know, there's something about when we talk to the Lord, we have to be able to understand that God loves us and he wants us to have what we need to succeed. I truly believe that my daddy loves me. My dad loves me. I'm not taking away from my mother. I'm talking about my daddy. My daddy loves me. And my dad has almost every imaginable tool that I could ever need. And he has them organized and clean and hung up in a space that is readily available. There's tools he's not going to use. He knows how to use them. He knows what they'd be used for, but he's not going to use them. But in today, we were returning some of the tools that he let me borrow. And he said, well, I have these, so when you need them, you can come here and get them. And I have no qualms to say, hey, Dad, I need a hammer. Why? Because he loves me. And if he's got a hammer, I got a hammer. And how much more, my daddy's a good man, but how much more God, if I understand that God loves me, and he has something that I need, I have no qualms to say, God, I need you to help me and give me wisdom for this situation. If I ask in faith, I don't have to doubt. Somebody said amen. And so when you ask the Lord to give you wisdom, first of all, you got to believe that he'll give it to you, but I also think you've got to be willing to accept the wisdom he gives you. Have you ever felt like you didn't want to hear what somebody had to say about what was going on in your life, so you didn't ask anybody's opinion. You make a decision, and you don't want to tell nobody because you know somebody might disagree with you, and so you do it under the cover of darkness, and you know that, that if you asked anybody, now all of us have been here. I'm speaking as a person with experience here, and you decide to do something, and you don't let nobody know because somebody might question the wisdom of that, right? And I think sometimes the reason why God doesn't, uh, people don't ask God his opinion on things because they don't want to know what God thinks. There's a situation that happened not real long time ago, and I was talking to someone, and they had made up their mind what they were going to do, and, 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 you know, whatever was going on, but it was good. It's better than what it was. And, and they were about to mess up what was going on. And I tried to talk to him. I'm like, and, and he just, just unplug, disconnect. Don't answer my phone calls. And, and I watched someone uh, favored and answers and blessing, and they just threw it all away because they had a better idea. And I remember talking to someone saying, look, do you recognize this is a miracle? Why mess up a miracle? You, you, you don't like it. Well, join the club. A lot of us, the Lord blesses us, and it requires us to do some things maybe we don't enjoy. Some people think that, you know, you're going to make a living by just doing what you love. Oh, it's so wonderful. 
Well, if you get to make a living doing what you love, eventually you may hate what you love. Are you hearing me? If Let's say you like to fish. Fishing's fun. You say, man, if I could just make a living fishing. Well, just imagine if you had to go fishing when you want to go fishing. And it's possible sometimes to mess up what God is doing because you can be laboring under the misconception that the blessings of God always come in your favorite color, in your favorite size, on your favorite day, and you get to do it as your, at your leisure. God's will for us and his way of prospering us sometimes requires a, a, a stress. <laughs> What's the Bible say? A, an empty stall is clean. If you have a barn and you have no chickens, and you have no cows, and you have no goats, you're going to have a clean barn, but you ain't going to have no food. You put some goats and chickens and, and cows in there, you're going to have a, a barn full of the product of the food they eat, and it's going to pile up, and somebody's got to muck it out. You say, well, I hate shoveling. You got It's what you focus on. So many times people focus their mind on the byproduct and they don't see what the real byproduct isn't what they're shoveling the real byproduct is they have food in their mouth and they have means in their life and sometimes the only reason why sometimes our mind can get so caught up in all the stressful points and all the dark points and we we if we're not careful we will allow the negative to totally cancel out the positives if any man lack wisdom, you must ask God. But you got to be willing to hear his prescription. Amen. Amen. But let patience have her perfect work. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to every man liberally. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith nothing waver. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I, I truly believe that, 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 that what I, my, 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 my sub point is under this apostolic mindset is a singular focus. The, verse, the next verse, verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I looked that up. Another version says, uh, um, with, with the Greek here, it means wavering, uncertain, doubting, divided in interest. Jesus spoke to this when he said, A man cannot serve God and money, mammon. You can't serve God and materialism. You will either love the one or hate the other uh, because that's the way we are. You have to choose who, what you're servant to. And some people make their life a servant to their job or their career. And that's the only thing they involve themselves in. And because they don't make God a priority, their job's their priority. 
That's the first thing they do when they get up in the morning. That's the last thing they do when they go to bed at night. And it's job, 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 work, 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 money, 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 money. Bill, 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 pay, 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 pay. You, you, you're just running to and fro. And because God's not a priority, he never fits in. He's just like an accoutrement. He's an accessory, like me putting on a tie clip. Not even a tie clip, a tie pin. I have one. But but when you understand, I'm going to put God first, and you put God first at the beginning of the day, and you put the God first in the scheduling of your life, and you put God first, if somebody could ever understand that if you would just set God first in everything that you do, it's amazing how much more you can get done and how much further your money goes when you put God first. The, Jesus said, all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But that's hard. That's hard to put God first because you've got all these other voices and pulls. And, but at some point, you just have to settle it in your mind and say, this is a priority, and you can't say God is a priority if he never makes it into your schedule. It's just talk. Come on, somebody. If you don't put God up as a, the, the first part of your money and the first part of your schedule and the first part of your day, amen, the first part of your family, if we don't understand, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you're not going to experience the peace. There's nothing wrong. We all have to feed our families. The Bible says if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. That, that, that we have the scripture says if a man won't provide for his own he's worse than an infidel we have to do what we got to do to make things happen chicken nuggets don't grow on trees and if they did you'd still have to go out there and pick them off of the tree come on somebody I'm going to try not to talk about chicken tonight I already failed but I'm going to stop there <laughs> A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I think it's very important for us to understand, and I believe I'm preaching to the choir tonight, is that we must, must determine in our mind that we have a singular focus. I'm reminded of a song that my mother did with my sons. She may have done it with me. I don't remember that. And it started out like this, going on a bear hunt, going on a bear hunt. You want to help me, Mom? Come on, help me. Go ahead. I want to go on a bear hunt. Okay. Let's go. Go ahead. Make the noises. Let's do it. Come on. Coming to a bridge. Coming to a wheat field. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together. A big, tall wheat field. Can't go under it, can't go over it, got to go through it. Okay, let's go. Going through a wheat field. Okay, we're through the wheat field. Coming to a tree, a big tall tree. Can't go over it, can't go under it. Got to climb it. Okay, let's go. Okay, we're down the tree. 
Are we looking? Yeah, go ahead. Now where are we at? We're going down. Okay, let's move this up now. Where, where are we at? Coming to a bridge. A big tall bridge. Big deep bridge. Right? Big wide bridge. Got to go over it, right? Okay. Let's go. Oh, was that it? So all this stuff, you finally get into the cave, and you reach over and say, it's furry. Y'all remember this? It's furry. It's a bear. And you run out, and you go away. But the point is, y'all was wondering what the point was, is in the midst of everything we're doing, we're going on a bear hunt. Whether we're going through the wheat field, climbing up a tree, going across a bridge, what are we doing? We're not going through the wheat field. We're not just climbing a tree. We're just not going over a bridge. We have a goal in mind. We're going on a, a, a trip to heaven. And we're going to try to take as many people as we go. We might have to go uh, 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 cut the grass. And we may have to pay the bills. And we may have to go to work. But at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're on our way to heaven. And we must not think, oh, we're just going through a wheat field. We're just walking across a bridge. We're just going to work. We're just paying the bills. No, while we're doing what we got to do, we're making our way to the house of God because we want to make it to our heavenly home and it's a singular mindset whatever it is we're going through what we're going through we're going somewhere amen there is the singular focus that no matter what no excuses I have made up my mind amen I was talking to brother Frank Jordan he might be watching us tonight I saw him on there earlier uh, they, they canceled church because they're putting in the baptistry and uh, while I was talking to him, he, he said something about, you know, what, what the definition of a mindset was. And I, I asked Brother Google, what define mindset. This is the definition of mindset. The established set of attitudes held by someone. So a mindset is a set of attitudes. I read that and I thought, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about an apostolic mindset is there is an attitude of how you approach your day. There's an attitude the way you approach your children. There's an attitude the way you approach your spouse. And that set of attitudes is laid out in the Word of God. Amen? The Bible tells me that I should love my wife as Christ loves the church. Amen? The, the Bible tells me what I should do for my children, how I should uh, conduct myself as a minister of the gospel. And, and, and I must be sure that my attitudes are conducive and, and are, 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 are submitted and are honoring the word of God. How many of you be honest, sometimes your attitudes don't necessarily comport with what the Bible says? Any, am I the only one? Sometimes that happens. Join the club. We are by nature tuned in a way that is contrary to the ways of God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher. And the only way we can raise our attitudes up is the Lord's going to have to help us. Somebody said amen. Amen. You know, there is peace found in a made-up mind. You know, when, when I, I, I started out this day, I had a lot going on. And in fact, I've been busy uh, for a few days. 
Uh, but, you know, Wednesday came. I didn't, you know, I didn't struggle inside my heart. Oh, am I going to go to church tonight? Oh, I, I, am, I, am I too tired or should I go do something else? I, I, I have a responsibility to be here. Of course you got a responsibility. You're the pastor. You're supposed to preach. Well, I would suggest to you that everyone in this church has the same responsibility I have. We all have a position that we fit into the house of God. And I believe the reason why some people are so hit and miss with their church attendance is they don't understand they have a responsibility. They have a position in the house of God. There's somebody that if you're not here, you can't do what you're supposed to do because you're not here. You have an attitude problem. You have, an, you, have, you have a mindset problem that you think other things can be more important and you have missed the boat. Amen. I've got my mind made up. It's not all about going to church because I know some people go to church. It don't change the way they live. They go to church and they still cuss like a sailor, drink like a sailor, act like a sailor, and they are a sinner that happens to go to church. But I'm telling you that we have to understand that, that this is a place that we get prepared. This is our filling station. This is our preparation station. This is where we get directions and confirmations so that when we walk out the door, we are equipped to do the work of God. The Bible says the fivefold ministry was put in the church for, for, the, for the ministry to the saints to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. True ministry happens out there. This is vital, incredibly important, which you demonstrate here tonight. You understand it. But at the end of the day, what is most important isn't what happens in the four walls. It's what happens outside the four walls when we actualize and we manifest and we live out what we preach and what we pray and what we worship God about. And somebody said, Amen. An apostolic mindset. It is an attitude that says, I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've been watching the inflation. You're watching the stock market. You, you read all the kind of stuff happening in the world. It's just all kinds of just stuff that will blow your mind. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what comes or goes. Come hell or high water, I've got my mind made up. Amen. I'm almost done. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible tells us in Acts 16 and verse 22, and the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrate stripped off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they beat them till they had bloody wounds on their back. They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them locked up tight. Who, who when received such a charge, thrust them into the very bottom, the very most secure place in the prison, and he made their feet fast in stocks, locked them up in chains. And at midnight, everybody say midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, can, can, can you see that? Amen. They were trying to do the work of God. They were preaching the word of God. They were trying to bring people into the kingdom of God. And what did they get for their trouble? They stripped them. They beat them to a bloody pulp. They threw them in the jail. They locked them up in handcuffs and foot, feet, 
feet of bounds, and, and they threw them in the, 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 the isolation, basically. And what did they do at midnight? Oh, God, I don't know why this is happening to me. Oh, every, uh, everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I might as well eat worms. It's terrible. No, what did they do? The Bible says that in the darkest of night, they sang praises and they worship God. And that is what I'm talking about, an apostolic mindset. I refuse to allow the world around me, the people around me, the trouble around me to taint my vision or divert me from my conviction. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to bless God. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to share. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Amen. Even if all hell has come against me, I'm going going to praise God in the middle of my trouble because if you look and see what happens at midnight they praise God and God brought a jailbreak there was a shaking the chains fell off the doors came open and God set them free but before God set them free they freed themselves they could not be confined by their troubles we got to learn how to get out of our trouble while we're in our trouble or we'll never get out of our trouble if you'll learn how to praise God and love God and live for God in the midst of your trouble you'll find your trouble can't hold you somebody said amen Acts uh, 14 I believe it is brother uh, uh, Jordan called me back. He said, "He said, read this." In Acts 14, the Bible says that after Paul got through preaching, they stoned him and left him for dead. That's pretty bad. And he, I can just see him, just a big old pile of stones. You down there, and 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 all you could see is a is a hand, and the hand starts moving and starts moving the rocks, and he crawls out from underneath that pile of rocks. What did he do? He just kept doing what he was doing before he got just diverted and got stoned. He just kept doing it. He had an apostolic mindset. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to sit down. I have made up in my mind. I have a singular focus. I will not turn around. Come on, somebody. Amen. Psalms 108 and verse 1. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. Say that with me. My heart is fixed. Amen. Amen. Can we just love the Lord together? I'm done. In the name of Jesus, I thank you today for the work of the Spirit of God. Lord Jesus, you see where we are, you see where we've been, you see what we've done, you've seen what we said. Lord God, it's all happened in the past. Help us, Lord Jesus, to forget the things which are in the past and let us stretch forward to, to reach for the things that are before us. Lord God, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have had, had attitudes and situations that were less than what we should be. But by the help and grace of God, I'm asking you today, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to, to regain my singular focus. That in the midst of everything that I'm doing, going through a wheat field, climbing a tree, going over a bridge, whatever it is that I'm in the midst of, Lord God, I don't want to lose my focus. Lord, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm sold out. 
Lord Jesus, I have got my mind made up, and I'm not going to turn around. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the people of God, those present and those absent, whatever may be going on in their life, whatever they're trying to accomplish, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Help us, oh God, to do your work, Lord, to be used by you, oh God, to fulfill the heavenly purpose, to see the heavenly vision. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for an apostolic move of your spirit. Stir us all afresh to turn our hearts and our minds toward you. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.